Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Pop Podcast, your weekly conversation to help improve your points of performance when it comes to training. On this week's episode, I speak with our good friend Jordan Troy, back for round three. This time, talking about the different types of stress that occur in the body and how this can impact your training mentally and physically. This episode's brought to you by True Coach, the official coaching app of the Points of Performance podcast. Welcome to episode number 14. Today we have Jordan Troy back. She's with us. I think this is your third episode now. Yeah, lucky number three. Very excited to be here. Hey, everyone. (laughs) So, I mean, some shit's gone down since the last time we had you on. The Queen died. That was... Oof, RIP. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we did get an extra public holiday out of it, which was great. Weird that it was on a Thursday, but all good. I was sick, which was made it useless anyway. But she what did you rules. do on yeah. your public holiday? I literally would have preferred that it was on any other day except Thursday, but she didn't ask me, so that's that's fine. <laughs> I actually still worked the morning because it would have been harder to reschedule everyone than it was to just show up and and work it. Um, But I did reschedule Mm. the afternoon and I actually can't even remember what I did. I feel like it was, I feel like it was super rainy and it was a bit like, I, I just don't feel like I really, you know, kind of got much out of that. You know, I don't, I don't even know what I did. I know. I feel like I was like, did we do something? Did we... I can't remember. Did we train or I don't remember what I did. We didn't train because I was sick, so probably not. No, and I think I thought about training, but then I was just like, it's a Thursday, so I guess not. It's your rest day. Yeah, rest day. rest day. I feel like that was in the two Um, weeks that I didn't see you. I feel like you were were dead and, you know, you're (laughs) my only friend, so I just uh, didn't do anything. And that's it, because Brits in America, so when one's out, we're in trouble. (laughs) Um, How's your training going? You've got a competition this weekend, right? Oh, I do, yeah. Pretty, yeah, team of four comp this weekend um, with the Ducks crew. that We've got a few teams in it, so, yeah, it should be good vibes. I'm actually looking forward to it. The workouts workouts look good. Um, Yeah, training in general, I'm just, I don't know. I'm trying to be better at the moment, like more gymnasticky, and yep. uh, that's just obviously pretty fucking hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard for everyone. Oh, so I like kind of feel like I'm getting better and kind of feel like I'm getting worse at the same time. But um, yeah, just gonna just gonna stick at it. It's the most frustrating thing. You just. You feel like you take 600 steps back and you're like, it's not even making a difference. Mm. But then you're going to look back in a month, two months, and you're going to be like, fuck, I'm glad I did all that work. Oh, 100%. Because if you just keep doing what you're doing, then you'll obviously get what you've always gotten. And I just feel like I've reached a bit of a plateau with some movements. So I'm like, oh, if I don't actually kind of fix some of the fundamentals then like I've reached the ceiling with this sort of thing so I'm yes I'm going backwards to hopefully be going forwards um but I liked Mm. I liked what the I liked that expression that the the gymnast used that um going forward to basics um 
Yeah. That episode really sort of pushed me over the edge into like I was already thinking like, you know, from you and Sam always telling me to be better, keep your legs together maybe just like try not being flailing um I don't know like (laughs) piece of shit is basically what what I feel like you say maybe that's not the exact phrasing but that's what I hear um so I was already like I should work on some stuff and then when she really like kind of hammered home just like the importance of all the basics and talked about like children just being able to Mm. hit those perfect positions I was like well good enough for me you know I should probably do the same thing I have no more fucking excuses. I just need to do the basic stuff and do it well. And sometimes it's literally like, just try a bit harder. Like mm-hmm. with the handstand walking, like I am just a kind of man spreading like the best of them, you know, just fucking like legs <laughs> wide. And I, and I like, I feel mentally like I'm like, they're together. And you're like, do you feel them touch? And I'm like, oh, I guess not. You're like, then- <laughs> then you're like well then they're not together and I'm like oh and it's like it kind of occurred to me like it's not a mystery like it's not a fucking mystery of like if you kept your legs together it's not like either you feel like your feet touched or you didn't like it's yeah so (laughs) so like it's not it's not like did I it's like you know if you hit your chest on a chest bar like you know so I'm just like you know if your feet are together so I was just like oh there they are (laughs) Yeah, maybe I should continue to look for that feeling each time I do it. That might be smart. Oh, the first time, one of my legs literally kicked the other one and I fell over sideways. But, you know, like it's, it's all up. I just remember there was that, it was like last the other week, it wasn't long ago, and you were like, you did your handstand walk and you like came down and you looked at me and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what am I validating yeah. here? <laughs> I looked at you like, did I look like a fucking gymnast? Was that it? And you looked at me like, no, no. <laughs> like it was nowhere even close. But you're trying and that's all that matters. I have to admit though, I'm a little bit, I decided not to do the competition this weekend because I'm prioritizing weightlifting states, but I'm a, I, I get FOMO. That's the only reason why I sign up to these <laughs> Uh, team competitions most of the time is because I get FOMO everyone's gonna be there and I'm not and I mean I could be but I'm not going to I'm not I mean like I'm not I might come down to watch maybe I mean you only have FOMO until you like really really look at the people's faces while they're doing the workout and then you're like oh dodge that bullet (laughs) oh I'm so glad I didn't need to do that one Um, anyway, we came to talk about some serious stuff other than, um, our gymnastics mishaps, (laughs) but I actually find what we're going to talk about today very interesting. And I guess to like, to put it simply, it's, it's the way that stress and trauma manifests in the body and like can create pain or what we perceive as pain. Mm. Is that right? Is that kind of? a good way to describe what we're going to talk about yeah definitely that's sort of the crux of it I think definitely so so there are a couple of different kinds of stress in the body what are they talk to us about those so basically there's three kinds of stress you've got your pretty obvious one of physical stress um, which is what we tend to blame for a lot of pain and a lot of injuries Um, I would say most people whenever they're feeling a kind of pain or they feel like they're injured, they'll link it to a, like a physical activity. 
um, whether or mm. whether or not they felt that pain at the time, you know, maybe they'll look back and be like, oh, it must have been that physical thing that happened. Um, but obviously there are lots of physical stresses. You get hit by a bus, that's for sure, you know, and like <laughs> basically as bad as it gets. Um, or, you know, like you're running, you roll your ankle, there's a physical trauma. Yep. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Um, and then there's the concept of chemical stress. So you can think of that as, you know, like a poor diet that creates inflammation, um, you know, copious yep. amounts of alcohol, um, smoking. If you've got food poisoning, you know, that's a chemical stress. Um, mm-hmm. So those ones are pretty widely accepted as well. Um, and then there's this sort of more, I feel like we accept emotional stress as a cause of different issues to a certain extent. But then when it comes down to really accepting that like that's the case for you or that it is as powerful as a stress as the physical stress, I think that's when we think, mm, no, sounds a little bit little bit voodoo. But basically any kind of like unexpected, um, you know, trauma or conflict that we experience in our life that causes, you know, an emotional reaction, um, that's a big stress too. So... When it comes to like emotional pain, I think, like you said, it's people think that it's, um, well, yeah, it's not real, right? That's, I guess, the misconception. Is that right? I think if people, like my experience of when I'm talking to my clients as a chiropractor and I ask Mm. people like, oh, have you been stressed? Or I'm asking sort of, you know, what kind of emotional things that they've been through. The common thing that I hear is, they'll agree. They'll be like, yeah, actually I've been really stressed at work or um, like, you know, yeah, my mum just died. Like, you know, it can be anything, but then they're like, oh, but this isn't that. Like it hurts right here. It hurts to touch. It hurts to walk up the stairs. It hurts um, to do this. They're like, the pain is here. Like, you know, I can, Mm. I can feel it. And so I think people get confused about um, like an emotional cause of pain with, like psychological pain like they think that Mm -hmm. psychological pain is elusive and it's imaginary and you know if something is consistently painful when you move it a certain way all the time they're like that has to be physical that has to be the physical like a physical cause so this is more of a concept that um like emotional trauma actually does cause physical like tissue changes within the body Mm. Um, and then so you're feeling a very real pain you do now have a physical problem but that initiated actually from an emotional root cause so for example like let's use my knee injury as an example Mm -hmm. so I've injured it twice and I've had two surgeries Um, and sometimes when I'm coming into competition I'll just my knee will all of a sudden sudden start hurting for no reason and I've done nothing differently but it will literally the pain will literally be so bad I like it stops me from training but we have recognized a pattern in which this is always in a lead up into a competition where it becomes like exacerbated yeah what is that about (laughs) so it'd be and again it'd be super easy for you to rationalize um that you're like oh I'm coming into competition I've been training really hard I've been doing a lot of volume I've been doing heaps of squats that's why my knee hurts and Mm. yeah maybe but maybe also it could be that any sort of so let's let's just focus on musculoskeletal so um basically Mm. 
Um, you're looking at your soft tissues, um, you know, your bones, the joints, the tendons, the ligaments, all, all that kind of musculoskeletal, most commonly injured stuff. Um, so generally when that comes to emotional um, pain, that's what they call um, like a devalu- um, devaluation complex. So meaning that you're sort of, I don't know, thinking, thinking badly yourself, um, you know, kind of putting yourself down and then, and then basically what you can do is you can, um, all the different joints of the body, all the different areas then have a more specific emotional, um, like trauma trigger associated them. So knees actually really interesting. So, um, the knee is usually like a very physical self-devaluation complex of feeling like you're either not fast enough um, can't, you can't, you can't keep up. Um, like some way you're physically lacking and you're just feeling like you're not good enough or you're, you know, you're fearful that you're not going to be good enough. So coming into mm. a competition where, you know, you've got to hit some numbers, you got to, you know, you're competing against other people, you're competing against yourself. Um, it would make sense that a little bit of self doubts creeping in and you're like, oh shit, like, am I, am I good enough? It's funny because like obviously of course you know it's something that happens i'm sure any athlete can attest to this that it does even if you like i'm not consciously thinking i'm not sitting there going oh i'm not good enough but you know and i'm always trying to you know reassure myself like i'm doing the work i'm putting in but it it's still like there can be like an underlying like subconscious just train of thought that i'm not even really fully aware of and it it's only when we pointed out that, you know, having the reoccurring issue with my knee and we looked at the reason, you know, that what the triggers are behind it, that I was like, oh, oh my God, it makes sense now. And so trying to pay more attention to when my knee pain comes up um, because there's physically nothing wrong with my knee. This is the other thing I, you know, I wanted to talk about. And it was something that I, I guess I, all, this whole journey at looking into this different stuff came about when I was training my mom and I noticed like a kind of like a cycle of behavior with her, which whenever she got like really stressed or, you know, like something was happening in her life or, you know, she's going through an emotional period in her life or whatever, her back would be like debilitating, like she, her, she would get debilitating back pain just out of nowhere doing nothing, having done nothing. And my mom trained with me four times a week. She was very active, strong. There was, you know, she had no real, there was no real reason why she should have this, like all of a a sudden onset of pain. But I I noticed it and I, it it was like, there were definitive moments where I was like, this pain is occurring in her back because of her emotional state right now. Mm -hmm. And it was something that <clears throat> I tried to like work through with my mom and get her to understand that the pain isn't always because you have, like you said, that physical issue. There's like me, there's no damage to my knee. My knee is okay. You know, it can take the volume I do every other day of, you know, every other day of the year. Why is it that t- two days or two weeks out of a competition, it all of a sudden is like, yeah, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sore, mm. you know? Yeah. So it's like, it was just the craziest kind of process in trying to work with my mum on that. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, it's like the understanding that the that pain doesn't mean you're broken. Yeah, definitely. And with someone like your mum, who's obviously had like a lot of bouts of the same thing, like that's a mm. that's a real classic sort of telltale sign that there probably is an emotional component there. So generally there probably was something that originally happened, something that was like unexpectedly um, stressful, um, more mm. more likely for her like surrounding just with the location of it being in the back that she felt unsupported in some way. Mm. And then every time she gets like a reminder of that in like, and it can be like a really like little way she gets re-triggered basically. So then she just goes into like another bout of, you know, this same back pain and sort of if you, and that's, that's kind of like the, the danger of it, I guess, if you don't like deal with these past issues or you're not really even like aware of them or you just like shove them down, then you can just be getting re-triggered, you know, by the smallest thing and it can cause like a very big reaction. So what are, you've said that obviously different places in the body kind of represent different issues. What are like the, you know, what are the main things that you kind of see on a regular basis, like neck, shoulders, what are those kind of, um, what are they triggered by most commonly? Yeah. So it's, it is, it kind of sounds a bit like I'm, I'm aware that I'm like trying not to sound too like woo woo, (laughs) you know, like just pulling all this stuff like out of thin air um so all of this information is based in you know um science or you know depending on who you i don't who you are maybe consider it a pseudoscience but it is all to do with um like neurology it's basically you know what parts of the brain feed into what areas of the body embryologically what different spots um, of your body developed um at that time and then um you can basically link all your different organs and all your different joints to, to different emotional issues basically. Um, but yeah, obviously being a chiropractor, I see a lot of, um, you know, back and neck pain. Um, so yeah, the back pain is generally that feeling of being unsupported. Um, Mm. and that's a, and I, and that can be so many different ways, right? Like that can be at home or that can be at work. Um, like, so I feel like there's a lot of different, opportunities for for triggers there definitely um a lot of things I see as well would also be um shoulder issues um which I mean you can kind of say that you know that old expression of like oh you're carrying like the weight of the world on your shoulders so it can be feeling like you're letting somebody down is the main um Mm. trigger there so yeah afraid that you're letting somebody down or that you're not um you know being you know, what you're meant to be to some person. It's just a, it's a general devaluation of just not feeling like you're, you're good enough, basically. Yeah. And so why do you, why do you think the brain kind of sends those, you know, those signals or those triggers to those places? Like, is there, you know, is there a particular reason behind that? I honestly think that you, your body is always adapting the best way that it knows how. Um, so mm. essentially it's just dealing with these emotional stresses in the best way that it can to adapt to the environment that it's given. Um, and at the end of the day, yeah. you can you can either see it as something that's wrong or you can just see it as a message of how you can actually then 
you know, learn to read it and then learn how to help yourself basically. Cause you can either feel like, I don't know, you're a slave to your emotions and then, Oh no, like all these emotions that I have are now causing bodily pain and, you know, I'm broken and now I can't snatch, you know, you can just sort of yeah, yeah spiral into that. Or it, you can use it as another way of being like, Oh, Hey, I actually have control of this and then use it as a way to be a bit self-reflective and kind of, you know, like get rid of some of your emotional baggage instead of just like, you know, shoving it away and waiting for it to ruin your next competition, you know? And I think something to remember is that if you have like chronic reoccurring pain in like a shoulder or a knee, we're not telling you like, oh, just just deal with your feelings and, <laughs> and it'll go away. Of course not. Like honestly, like and so that's like the thing too. So obviously someone comes in to see me as a chiropractor and they've got a shoulder problem. I'm not going to be mm. like, oh, sweetie, like who do you feel like you're letting down? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Because it's like you have a shoulder problem. Like, you yeah. know, I'm going to like, and it's not like getting physical treatment isn't going to help with that shoulder problem. Um, obviously mm. your body has then adapted around this issue. You know, it's created some other things. So we're going to give you an adjustment. We're going to balance some things up. We're going to get that shoulder sitting better, working better. We're going to loosen all the tissues around it. But then there's only so far sometimes that you can get with mm. that physical work. So it's just sort of then like if somebody's pain isn't resolving through a physical treatment, I just might mention to them like, Hey, like, you know, what's your stress like at the moment? Like, and try and feed in something more specific about that body region just to like sort of ask them the question. Like I might ask him, I'm like, oh, hey, like how, you know, how's your stress levels at the moment? Is there an area of your life where you're feeling a little bit unsupported? And she might be like, oh, mm. oh my God, yes. And then sometimes even then just getting to like unload that and as well as then getting the adjustment of working on the physical level, that's the combination that they needed to actually make a switch. Yeah, and I guess just also like recognizing that you feel that way. Sometimes you don't even know you feel the way that you feel. Like I said, when I'm, you know, coming into competition, I'm not sitting there going, oh, you're such a piece of shit. You're never <laughs> going to be able to do anything. Like I'm actually trying to tell myself the opposite, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, those thoughts or those feelings don't creep in, mm -hmm. even if I'm actively trying to keep them at bay. Yeah, definitely. Um, but then if someone would ask, they'd be like, are you nervous? And I'd be like, I'm so nervous, you know, mm -hmm. and that recognition of that feeling can sometimes like make you feel like oh, it's actually, it's okay. You know, it's a, like, it's okay to feel this way. Like that's what happens when you go into comps, like, or, you know, whatever. So I know for me, I'm the kind of person that I will kind of like go through life and I'll be like, no, nah, nothing's wrong. And then someone will ask me a question like that. And I'll be like, oh, I'm super fucked up. <laughs> A hundred percent. And a lot of the time, you know, you'll say something to someone and they'll be like, they'll be like, no. And then I'm like, okay. So I just leave it, you know, obviously do the adjustment, see mm. you next time. But then you just never know if what you said, then somebody's then going to think about that later. Or then, you know, later on they go home and their husband hasn't unloaded the dishwasher and that was the one fucking thing that you asked them to do. And then all <laughs> of a sudden you're like, oh my my back hurts again. And it's like, and it can be the littlest thing, but it's like, oh, I just don't feel supported because you were meant to do that task. You didn't do that task. And it's never about the dishwasher, right? Like no. <laughs> it's never about the no. fucking dishwasher. But then that seed that I planted earlier might be like, oh, I do feel a bit unsupported. And then, but you might not have had the words to sort of 
actually put your finger on like why you were annoyed about the dishwasher and then also about your back. So then you just might be like to your partner, like, Hey, you know, I, I just, I, I just don't feel like you're supporting me. I just feel really overwhelmed right now. I'm so busy at work and I just need you to help out with things around the house. And it's not about the dishwasher, but then it's just one more thing that I have to do, you know, and then, and then that might be all that you need to then just break that kind of like chronic loop and then your body can begin to heal. It's not like it's like, oh my God, amazing. My back is suddenly miraculously better. I'm going to go for a 10K run tomorrow. But then, (laughs) but you might find then that like this injury that's been nagging you for like months and months and months, like long past that tissue healing timeframe can actually then Mm. start to switch and repair. So maybe in a couple of weeks time, you'll be like, oh, it doesn't hurt to bend over anymore. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think how, like, what are the best ways to kind of identify on improving or overcoming these kind of things? You know, like, obviously, if they don't have a chiropractor like you, asking them questions like this to trigger that, is there like a process that you can kind of go through, like, internally, if you've noticed, like, I've got, I've actually had this, you know, nagging shoulder issue, but, you know, like, if someone listens to this podcast, and they're like, but I don't really know what caused it. There was no, you know, physical injury mm-hmm. or anything. How how are some ways that they can like personally identify maybe whether or not they, they have a certain trigger? So I think like step one is definitely just being more aware of like your internal dialogue and checking in with yourself. Um, because like, so us as humans, we're really like, we're really fucking unique, you know? And basically we're the only species that will like, you know, reminisce about past events and get really stressed about that or think about the future and get really stressed about that. Like, <laughs> like really, if you, if you just take like the present moment, there's only so much stress that can exist. But the thing is, yeah. is that your brain and your body can't tell the difference between like an actual current stress that's happening right now and a completely Mm. like fabricated imagined stress (laughs) (laughs) that like only exists like in your mind. So like just, I mean, just say you're, I don't know, you're a deer, right? And all of a sudden you're getting chased by a lion. Like you're either going to get away or you're going to be killed. Like either way, you're not going to be thinking later about, oh my God, remember when that lion chased me? Like, oh my God, that was absolutely terrifying. And then like, you know, you're not going to be reproducing cortisol and stressing out about what happened. And you're also not going to be like frolicking in the forest being like, oh my God, I wonder if there's another lion around. Oh my God, that that same lion, it's probably been following me. It's going to come out of nowhere. You know, it's going to get me when I'm sleeping. Like other animals are not, doing that but like us as us as humans we're so good at going from like one tiny little event to happen completely spiraling and then all of a sudden we've turned into a massive thing and we're in like this really stressed state or thinking about like the past and then like you know I like I'm not really one of those catastrophizing personalities. Like maybe, like maybe you're one or the other. Like I don't tend to spiral about future things, but definitely can be prone to like remembering something from the past. And then instead of just moving on, 
I'll play Insert it. All of our old Facebook statuses. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're like you just see an old status and then it reminds you of a time. And then instead of being like ha ha, and then like getting back to the present, I'll like push play on that past memory and I'll watch it like a sad movie, you know. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, and then he said, and then she said, and then yeah. I felt, you know. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you're in this completely like worked up state, and you're actually just sitting on your couch. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) So like step one is don't do that. You know, like, (laughs) like easier said than done. Right. But it's just being, it is acknowledging your own thoughts. Mm. And then, so like, you'll have these thoughts, like they're uncontrollable. It'll pop into your head. Maybe you remember something shitty from the past. You remember what, that somebody said something to you yesterday and you're like, oh, I should have said this, but like, that's fine. Like, that'll happen. But then don't go backwards and forwards in your mind of a 10 sec, like a 10 minute dialogue of like what that conversation could have been and get stressed about it. Like, cut it off, you know? And then if you feel yeah. like you're like, or you're just making completely things up about the future that may, like, may or may not happen, just also like shut that off, you know? So I feel yeah. like step step one for these things is definitely just don't be you know, self-indulgent, you sort of just have to be like monitoring those thoughts that are coming through your head and just try not to like add gasoline to the fire. Um, yeah. You know, another, another thing would be, would be just finding someone to talk about it with, or if you don't feel comfortable talking to someone about it, then get out a piece of paper and just like write these things down. Like usually these things, they like fester in secret basically. So the more that you just lock them down and you keep them to yourself, the more that they're going to keep producing, you know, these same like physical pain. So you just need to find some kind of strategy of, you know, being able to to break that loop and sort of work it through. It's funny because I didn't have physical pain, but I was not sleeping. Mm. I, I went through like a period of, like just where I would just lay awake in bed and when you said write things down so I would have a book next to my bed and a pen and I would go to bed and then I wasn't thinking about anything in particular but anything that came into my head I would write down in the book and I just like get it out of my brain get it on the paper like so Mm -hmm. I'm it's not like just swirling around in Mm -hmm. my head keeping me awake some of the shit that came out was like Super sad. I felt sad for myself. (laughs) You were like, oh. But, yeah, sometimes it just, like, but imagine, so we have roughly, like, as humans, 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts every day. And 90% of those thoughts are just recycled from yesterday. So, like, unless you're actually inserting new thoughts or you're doing new things, basically, like, 90% of the trash rolling around in there is just, like, the same as last week, basically. So, and so you imagine if you have this really, like, this traumatic event that happened to you. And when I say trauma, like, I feel like maybe that word is being, like, overused in terms of, like, like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't have to be this like huge huge event huge event it can like some of the things that trigger these things off is is minor like or not minor but it doesn't have to be you know like a devastating event it could be that you heard two of your friends like bitching about you behind your back you know what I mean and then that made you feel you know really shitty about yourself and then you've just then played those thoughts over on loop and you're like oh maybe she's right 
you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know what I mean? And then you just really yeah. insert that into your everyday thoughts and they just keep rolling around in there. So unless you like cut them out or become aware of them or, you know, try and change them for the better, like they're just going to keep recircling over and over and over and over again, basically until we die. And then every time we have like one of those, basically to bring it back to everything that we've been talking about. So every time we kind of go through those periods where we feel that stress and we have these thoughts and they're ongoing, you know, your body can then send those pain signals to a certain area mm-hmm. and that's what can cause this reoccurring like on, you know, just not necessarily reoccurring, but like issues within the body that create physical pain. Yeah, exactly. And then, and you might notice that these start to affect you. You know, we are always talk. it's obviously a performance podcast. Most of the people that are listening are active in some way. So obviously these things are particularly annoying because maybe it means that, you know, there's certain movements that you can't do at the gym. And then like, yeah. that's a, like, that's a frustration in itself because the gym or working out is meant to be a stress reliever, but then you go there and you're like, can't squat because my knee hurts or I can't you know do toe to bar because my shoulder hurts and then you know it just becomes a a sort of self-perpetuating cycle in that way so yeah definitely like these motions start to cause a physical injury to the body and then you know that affects the way that that you perform the way that you enjoy life you know and you fucking spiral because that's what I did the other week I got sick and then I was just like I'm never going to train again and I tried to train and it sucked and then I just like have been in like not an awesome mindset and now every time I go to do something in the gym it feels really hard and I like everything feels heavy and I'm aware that when my only outlet is the gym it's it can't it can't always be that way because what happens if that's not the only like what happens if that's not going well mm-hmm. yeah well then it feels like nothing's have, going well <laughs> yeah I need to have some sort of other outlet in order to manage the way that I feel and that's something that I'm still working on but it's it's crazy to think it's crazy for like and I don't know if maybe it's only having like worked with and trained with like elite athletes where you see how much psychology acts like you know the brain and how you feel and what you think actually affects your performance definitely as much as all the physical stuff really like the the mental yeah yeah basically being able to like overcome all of the the things is like the the best athletes that I've seen are the ones that have like that rock solid head you know definitely and all the research they've done heaps of research on you know like the mental side of sports and things and even just doing like mental rehearsal in your brain like I think the one of the studies that they did was um, like free throw shots in basketball and like one group basically just physically practiced for a certain amount of time um, every day and then the other group did um, like the mental rehearsal part and the physical. I think I remember reading about this. Yeah. yeah, keep going. And then there was like the third group that I think just like mentally rehearsed, like throwing the, like, and they, you know, they had to be really specific about imagining everything from like where they'd stand, how they'd feel, like the weight of the ball, um, and then imagining just doing a certain amount of shots and all of them being perfect and going in. And then they did obviously some pre-tests of like how many that they got out of, uh, let's just say 10, and then they, and then they redid that at the end. And, um, like the ones that just physically practiced did the worst out of, um, 
what? yes <laughs> and um so and then I think the the people that did just the mental practice came second and then the ones that did the mental and the physical practice um but it was just basically showing that that mental versus physical rehearsal like even like even just like that recreating your mind could actually be like more beneficial um than like just doing that physical side so crazy it's it's funny that you say that because like obviously whenever I go to compete, you want to envision yourself on the platform getting the lift. Mm -hmm. And there have been like points at, you know, in my training or whatever in the lead up to me competing where I'm like, just I'm trying to get that mental game strong. (laughs) Think about me getting those lifts and really like envisioning it, trying to feel it. And there have been times where no matter how many times I try and play it in my head, I still see myself failing Mm. and it's I I feel like that often like will end up in the next session the next training session that I have I will often not perform as well as I do when I can envision it and I can feel it and I can see it and there's really there's really no reason because anything I've ever done on the platform I've done above and beyond in training so there's really no reason Mm. why I can't do no the thing that and it it's that that ability to I guess you know mentally back myself and be present in and know and not let my emotions take control of what's happening because there's really no reason why I couldn't do the lifts that I'm trying to envision myself doing. No. And like, and weightlifting. So like that, especially at like at the Olympics, they are always, they always talk about it as like a platform PB. And that's because like mm. all of those lifters have probably hit like what, 10 more kilos just on a random training day. And it's like, probably easily. Yeah. And, it, but it, you know, a platform PB because yeah, that mental starts to starts to creep in a bit. Like obviously that there's there's more pressure, or yeah, maybe you're maybe you're visioning yourself failing instead of hitting that successful lift. But yeah, there's oh you can you can sort of hack it a bit. Like you can try you can try and imagine that perfect lift and you celebrating afterwards. And then sometimes I don't know. It's like the the next version just like starts to play afterwards, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> I threw that. <laughs> I gotta stop. I'm like, I'm done now. You're like, no, no, no. Back to the celebration. Back to the celebration. Rewind, rewind. It's so hard. It's, and I think, you know, to think that the, the body isn't connected in all of those ways would be so silly. And uh, like, it, it not, you know, not just for performance athletes, but just for people training in general. Like there are plenty of general pop people like my mum who I think the more you become aware of, um, you know, your emotional state and when you are training and whether or not you have like a reoccurring injury or a weakness or something like that and being able to address it and, and continue to train because I feel like for a lot of those people, these things come up and then they stop training, mm-hmm. right? The solution is, oh, I feel pain, stop training. And I tried to explain to my mom and I tried to talk to my mom that, you know, these, the the pain that while the pain that you are feeling is real, I'm not saying the pain that you are feeling isn't real, but 
we've done everything in our possible power to, you know, we've, you know, had your back checked, you've had a scan, you've had, there's nothing wrong. You're okay. Mm -hmm. Physically, you're okay to train. So, you know, how can we process or move past this pain in some other way? And more often than not, what would happen is I would just encourage her to keep coming to training and we'll just modify around the pain. And then she would train and after training she'd be like oh I feel so much better exactly and I'd be like oh how's your back and she's like oh it's okay you know like it's it's not as you know yes it's not that bad but it was almost like when she would come into training I'd be like how's your back feeling and she'd be like it's so bad I can't do anything and I'm like okay cool let's just start warming up you know exactly and trying to get her out of that spiral of like extreme pain being in the session exactly and I'm not very conservative in this way like there's a lot of practitioners that are like oh like avoid doing this this and this like maybe rest I'm sort of of the school of thought that like pretty much nine times out of ten rest isn't best you know like unless you've Mm. unless you've got a confirmed like you know broken bone ruptured meniscus you know ruptured ligament and then and then it's basically like still train just do things that you know don't involve that joint but for most things, mm. like my general rule is like, is it like a seven plus pain when you do that activity? And if it's like the answer's mm. like, oh no, it just like hurts a little bit when I get to here. I'm like, okay, just like, you know, work through it basically. Like you're going to get so many more benefits from working through that range of motion. And often like those pain signals are just like a, a little warning from your brain like your brain is cautious that you know like it's kind of being like oh don't hurt yourself don't hurt yourself but sometimes those signals aren't actually giving you any information about um, like tissue damage or that you're actually going to mm. do an injury it that it's just there telling you like hey take it a bit easy hey pay attention to this hey don't be stupid but there's no mm. reason why you can't you know work through that pain and just you know tone it down adjust where necessary but like Basically, most things get worse when you immobilize it and just hope, you know, cross your fingers and pray that it's going to go away, you know? It's so funny that you talk about like the like the levels, like a 7 out of 10 pain because this is a conversation I have probably on a daily basis where some people will be like, oh, yeah, that hurts. And like it hurts to like press a bar over my head. And I'm like, oh, okay, like are you getting sharp shooting pain like you know like you know like six seven eight nine out of ten and they're like oh no it just kind of hurts a little bit <laughs> and I'm like so it's a two you'll be okay you'll be okay then yeah it's all right it's and it's like reassuring them that you are going to feel a certain level of discomfort when you are training or when you're doing anything and it does create a little bit of like a stress response in the body and if you can't recognize the difference between like extreme like really terrible pain that we need to address straight away and just like moderate discomfort trying to like educate people on that while they're training as well definitely and I think people in general are afraid of pain they're afraid that it's going to get worse that they're aggravating it that they're I'm like you like you know you like you'll know if you're if Mm. you're tearing something or you're doing something that is not good and 
like your body will give you the right signal for that. If you're getting some mild pain with certain things, it's just an indication that, you know, be careful, work through it. But actually like strengthening that area and also, you know, basically giving your brain some information, it, you know, because maybe you hurt yourself doing a deadlift, right? And mm. Mm. and you actually did hurt yourself, like you you blew a disc, let's say, but that was years ago. And you, but your brain has learned that like, oh, the last time we did this motor pattern together of like, you know, that hinge, that set up, that weight and, you know, and we lifted it, it did not go well. So, so, <laughs> so it's like, it's threshold for pain that used to be like yeah. way up high because that threshold in an ideal situation should be like just below the point that you're going to do tissue damage, which means that you get a message that's like, Hey, stop. And if you listen to it and you do, you're going to be okay. And if you don't, or it's a little bit delayed, that's when things go wrong. But then what happens when you have done a serious injury and it like, and that memory is like wired into your nerve system and you go to do it again, you're going to get that message like way, 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 before like maybe a hundred kilos before Mm. you're actually going to do damage and it's not going to be like a screaming signal but it's just going to be like hey like it's me let's be careful (laughs) you know and then that's when people fuck it up (laughs) don't fuck it up but that's when people tend to freak out and they're like i'm just not going to deadlift anymore and i'm like you know what's the best thing is just doing really good deadlifts at a much lighter weight and just like progressing that load to retrain your brain and to remove that threshold line back up to an appropriate level because some people's are like they're like it's at the ground it's like you can lift 20 kilos and then once it gets to 25 kilos it's like mm-mm. and like and that's mm. not an accurate depiction of like where your body's at that's just an accurate depiction of like how comfortable your brain feels with that activity now you know yeah yep definitely I mean there was a, the longest time where I was like terrified to squat after the second time I did my knee. The first time I was like fine. I like came back, did I didn't even think about it. Mm, but I, fool like, me, fool me twice. I just, went, <laughs> <laughs> I just went straight I just went straight back to school. Like I, I didn't have any like like motor pattern issues with mm-hmm. my knee or anything like that. I had plenty of other issues with my squat, but I didn't have any like <laughs> motor pattern issues with my knee it wasn't I didn't get any pain I was totally fine and then the second time I did it I was like uh, just terrified yeah. just terrified to and I I compensated a lot I stayed like in bad positions I you know never like I stayed away from squats for the longest time like it just which is ridiculous because I was doing weightlifting and I would squat all the time, snatching and clean and jerking. But for some reason, when it came to just front squatting or mm-hmm. just back squatting, my brain was like, no, my knee hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it like, it, I didn't even, I didn't even injure myself doing a squat. <laughs> it's so weird. But it's like your brain put like squat snatches and squat cleans into one basket. And then it put like yeah. back squats and front squats into a different basket. But I find this sometimes it's like, it's all mental, right? It's like when you're doing a clean and jerk and sometimes like there, there's a certain weight that I'll get to in a power clean where I like, where a bit of doubt creeps in, where I'm like, oh, this mm. is the kind of weight that like, maybe I'll hit it. Maybe I won't. But the like, then there was one session where it was, 
um, a, a two rep jerk, but you have to take it from the ground. And I fucking pulled that clean off the ground easily without even thinking about it because I wasn't cleaning. I was jerking. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like, Oh, hopefully I get it to my shoulders. I was just like, got to punch this overhead for two. Like this is a heavy two RM jerk, but like, you know, like you can do it sort of thing. Like the clean was like a formality to jerk. So I didn't get in my head about the clean. I just like, I just pulled it off the ground, you know? And it felt like the best power clean but whereas if I was doing a power clean at that weight I would be like okay like here here we go okay like really tight big pull get under it fast elbows come on come on come on you know yeah the brain brain just fucking wigs you out so hard Mm -hmm. and it just it's like I feel like something that as I get older I'm definitely trying to work on more I feel like there are like when you're young, you're like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. I don't know, whatever. Just try, yeah. see what happens. But also, if worst thing that but happens, now, don't do it. You know. <laughs> and but now I'm all old and and wise and f- had injuries, and so in my head, you just have that second of doubt, and it just can be the thing that you know either makes or breaks you. Definitely, it's just got to like. There's a lot to be said just about you know confidence at the end of the day. Yeah, it's that there hesitation that gets that I you. Know. Oh, there are some people I know in weightlifting where they're just like that. The it's sheer confidence that gets them their lifts, mm-hmm. and you're just like, "How in the fuck did you just get that?" Yeah, but they just believed that they could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they they had they obviously had the capacity to do it. And they were strong enough to do it, and they've you know been lifting for love. But like like ten kilos like, of that was pure self belief. <laughs> Correct, you know, like, yeah, and you just you sit and they like you can see the shock on their face. Even they're like, "Oh my god!" But you know, it's that it's that ability to guess, like, switch off, switch off, switch, switch, switch. off the emotional, the emotional um, component of it, and be practical about it, and be like, "I've done all the work. I can lift that. That's it." Exactly. You know? And then sometimes yeah. not knowing too you know, like you, you're sort of like, oh, last time I lifted a hundred. So this time, if I lifted like 102, that would be awesome. But if someone like racked up 105 on the bar and you thought that like it was only a hundred, you'd probably like, you'd probably lifted no problems. Yeah. Yeah. The brain's fucking weird, man. But we've been going for 50 minutes now. So maybe we Ooh. wrap it up just there, guys. Um, I think I, I think this is definitely if you have like had similar issues or had you know like big stresses in your life and you've noticed that you get that kind of reoccurring pain kind of having a look at this stuff is definitely very interesting is there like a name for it Jordan that if people wanted to go do their own research like is there something they can look into yeah definitely so there's a lot of different emotional work that's out there and there's a lot of consensus surrounding you know similar concepts but the most comprehensive thing that I've read is um, it's called Germanic New Medicine and it's practiced Mm. by a lot of different practitioners the how I got into it was through chiropractic and there was a chiropractor who um, he he doesn't do any physical adjustments anymore. He just um, like works on this emotional component of it. Um, so you can mm. you can give that a Google. And there's a good there's a good website that gives you a lot of information on sort of yeah what areas of the body are linked to to what different emotions, and then you can kind of go through, you know, maybe a little bit of self discovery sort of 
you know, looking at that. Um, he also has a really good podcast as well that, you know, gives you a lot of good information. So his name's Jake Curry and his podcast is called Mind Body Masters. Uh, it's also on Spotify. So, yeah, he breaks everything down into very eloquent little, you know, chunks that are easy to understand. So, yeah, if you find this stuff as interesting as we do, then, you know, definitely go down a little bit of a rabbit hole with it. Um, I guess there's that there's that fine line, I think, between, you know, that like understanding these things and working through it and then getting a bit self-indulgent and really trying to like dredge up too many, too many things in the past. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. you kind of want to like, I, I guess you want to like, you want to dig into it with the, the sort of idea that then you're going to recognize it and then you're going to, it's not going to solve all your problems. Yeah. But you're going to like recognize it and then you're going to identify some triggers and a really easy way to do that is like, Oh, what, like, when you do get an increase in that pain, you're like, oh, what was happening in that moment? What was I mm. thinking about? Where was I? Do I get more pain mm. when I'm at the gym because I'm feeling not good enough? Do I get it at work because I'm not feeling good enough there? I'm not feeling supportive there. Do I get it at home? Like, you know, like what's like what's going on there? And then you can sort mm. of be aware of your triggers. And it's amazing, like even just being aware of it, how much um, like power that gives you and how much you can make these switches. Um, but don't yeah. go digging in too deep and trying to find stuff. You know, like, you know, like, <laughs> like grasping at straws, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, you, I don't know, you sort of want to find that happy medium of getting, getting to the sort of the core issue, but then not like swimming in your, your murky past too much. <laughs> <laughs> Just like. Don't bathe in it, guys. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bathe in it. You know what I mean? Like. Don't play that sad movie yeah. and bathe in it. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at Points of Performance Podcast. You can uh, also send us an email. Um, Jordan, just quickly, do you have any other gym fails? Oh, my gosh. You tell me. I've dropped a barbell literally like I think I stopped thinking for a second and it was like it was during a workout. Luckily, it was only – 35 kilos and I was cycling and I just I dropped it from overhead and I didn't bring it out in front first I literally just let it go (laughs) and it hit me bang in the middle of my head like it like I just it like I was in that beautiful biceps by my ears like overhead position and then I was just finished and I dropped it from full extension and it hit me fair and square in on the top of the head and I was like I think I I don't know how many brain cells evacuated the building but I just remember like I just I did the biggest blink and I was like oh my god I'm I'm like I'm okay I'm okay It's like you just for a second forgot what the fuck you were doing. I was just so in the workout and I was just thinking about like, you know, how huffy puffy the workout was that I forgot something as basic as just like, oh yeah, like bring the bar in front of you and then drop it. Yeah. Yeah. CrossFit. Yeah. All right. Really- well, that's a good gym pal. <laughs> um, yeah. So you can find us at Instagram. You can also email us if you'd like uh, points of performance podcast at gmail.com. Uh, stay tuned guys because we've got I was meant to have Liam on but we recorded and I fucked it up but he'll be on next week so stay tuned for Liam and his uh, journey to weightlifting next week alright thanks guys bye bye